Hi, everyone. This is Lamar Stanley, your host of the M&A Source Podcast. A quick note about today's episode. This is another repurposed episode using the audio from a recent M&A Source monthly webinar. And this is just another example of the many outlets through which M&A Source provides value to the members, as the webinars are intended to teach and familiarize M&A Source's membership base with the useful tools and resources available to them as M&A Source members. We will on occasion provide the audio from these webinars to the podcast listeners when we think the content provided suits this medium. If you like this episode, go ahead and head on over to M&A Source's website, masource.org. And you can find the webinar version of this podcast, unless, of course, you're not currently a member, in which case you should go ahead and become a member to access the database of M&A-related webinars, as well as countless other industry-related resources and tools. Additionally, I'd like to take this opportunity to mention one of M&A Source's sponsors, KeyBank, who sponsored this episode of the M&A Source webinar series. Please reach out to KeyBank to see how their expertise, strong relationships, and access to capital can help your business or your client's business thrive. Please note, all credit products are subject to credit approval, and you can learn more at key.com slash commercial. And with that, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the M&A Source Podcast, a podcast brought to you by M&A Source, a nonprofit professional organization that provides training and education for small to mid-sized business mergers and acquisitions intermediaries. In each episode of the podcast, we will interview leaders in the M&A world to discuss education opportunities provided by M&A Source, trends in M&A markets, and useful insights provided by the experts that use them. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, possibly good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us here today for uh, the first M&A Source webinar of the new year. If we haven't seen or talked to you yet, I hope your new year is off to a great start. And we're excited to start the year by bringing you this webinar, uh, really looking at the year ahead for the M&A Source and its current leadership. Uh, Before I turn things over to the gentleman on your screen, cover a couple quick housekeeping items. You do have a control panel on your screen, which you can click and drag around to where you like it. There's also an arrow towards the upper left that you can click on to completely minimize it. And you would click that same arrow to bring it back out. And on your control panel, there is a question section. So if you have a question, type it in there as you think of it. And we're gonna leave time at the end to go through those. Um, And before somebody asks the question, yes, we are recording this and we will have it up on the member resource portal Uh, For you or anyone that you know who wants to tap into it, you can access that uh, probably in a day or two. So with that, Lamar, I'm going to hand things over to you. Lamar um, has been leading webinars for, I don't know, a couple years here now and podcasts and is on the board and is actually your chair elect for 2024. Well, thank you, Kylie. And thanks everyone for joining us. Happy New Year. Uh, Hard to believe we're already here, but Um, We appreciate everybody joining us for this edition of our webinar series, and as Kylie mentioned, I'm Lamar Stanley. I'm a director with Lead Capital Partners here in Nashville, Tennessee, and today I am joined by Scott Mashuda, co-founding partner at River's Edge Alliance Group in Cleveland, Ohio, although I think he would probably still call Pittsburgh home. At least he does from time to time with me. Um, But anyway, first, Scott, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about River's Edge, um, so I'm here in just a second, but the real reason 
that we're bringing you on first thing this year is um, after years and years of faithful and exceptional service to M&A Source, you have finally and somewhat inevitably landed in the chairman's spot of M&A Source. So first, thank you for serving and thank you for everything you've done leading up to this point. I know that a lot of M&A Source's huge success over the past number of years has been at least partially thanks to you. So thank you for all you've done in this role and for taking on the new role. Yeah, thank you. And um, now you probably remember um, that we have in the past started the year talking to the new chairperson. And I've always enjoyed this piece of programming because it, it's to some degree a level set for the membership to kind of understand where we've been and where we're going and, and also get to learn a little bit about the chairman. Um, but before we get into that, Scott, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you got into the business and maybe a little bit about River's Edge? Yeah, so, I mean, it's always a question here, how far, how far back do you go, right, to bring folks up to speed? But, um, you know, I actually went to school for mechanical engineering thinking that was a good idea. Um, learned pretty quickly that I wasn't very good at that. Um, based on my report card that, that went home, you know, so I, uh, I decided that uh, mechanical engineering wasn't my thing and I wasn't real sure what my thing was. So I, I just started taking some some different courses, took an accounting class. And, you know, that was, man, I mean, it's probably 25 years ago plus now. And I still remember what the professor said in that class that resulted in me getting an accounting degree. And, you know, he said, you know, Accounting is the language of business, and I don't care whether or not you want to do accounting for the rest of your life. If you want to be in business, you got to be able to speak the language. And I remember him saying that, and I thought it was very wise advice. And so I ended up pursuing an accounting degree with zero desire to, to be an accountant. Um, so, you know, that being said, you know, ran out of money um, before the fifth year rule started for accounting. So. Um, if I wanted to sit for my CPA exam, you had to stay for a fifth year. I, I could not afford a fifth year. So um, Ernst & Young was willing to hire me to be in their corporate finance group doing business valuations and mergers and acquisitions. And you didn't need a CPA for that. You know, that was kind of reserved for the audit and tax folks. So um, was able to, to hook up with them, uh, did BV work and corporate finance work for you know about five years. Um, but always wanted to be an entrepreneur, always wanted to do my own thing, you know, had that bug. Um, I think it runs in the family a little bit based on the family background and, you know, somewhat, I guess, just a glutton for punishment as well. So lefty and why I was 26 years old, um, and really kind of said, I want to go buy a small business and I want to be a business owner. And, you know, I think like, um, a lot of people jumped on the internet sites and said, Hey, you know, what's out here to acquire? What can I do? What do I want to buy? Um, and it just seemed like a lot of things were mispriced, you know, having that business valuation background, understanding how you got to value, things seem mispriced to me. And so um, actually started thinking, well, hey, can I do this better? I mean, this is what I was trained in. This is what I know um, is the business that I should start really more about being the intermediary than it is, you know, being the um, the entrepreneur yourself, you know. So uh, decided that was the path to go. Um, I would guess you could say we started out in the business brokerage space uh, based on that, just not knowing the transaction side of it as well as I knew the valuation side of it. And uh, we got kicked around pretty good, uh, to be honest. And, you know, it took me kind of a, while, a way to, while to figure out why, 
and where we fit. And, you know, I'm just not a very good business broker. Um, you know, I think uh, a much better M&A guy than I am a business broker, which may seem like a weird comment. But personally, I believe they're very different skill sets. You're dealing with a very different clientele. You're dealing with a very different buyer um, that values different things. You know, so we as a firm, were just a much better fit in the M&A space and lower middle market M&A um, than we were in the business brokerage world. So we pivoted our firm after kind of starting in the business brokerage world um, to be lower middle market advisors. So our typical deals are a couple million bucks in EBITDA, you know, so say the 80 percent would be um, two to 10. You know, we've probably seen a deal here or there um, that might get closer to 15 or 20 in EBITDA. But that's a rarity for me. That's the exception, you know, not the norm. Um, and most of those companies are companies that maybe hired us on the buy side. We helped them grow through acquisition. You know, we scaled them to that level. They didn't start there. We have a relationship and then we ultimately, you know, get that work on the sell side. But, you know, competing out there in the market at that size level, that's, that's not who we are. We tend to, to lose those beauty pageants. So, um, I guess that's who we are. That's how we got there and a little bit of the story. No, that's great, and it's really helpful, and I've actually never heard that piece of your background. That was pretty interesting how you kind of <laughs> managed to find this. Um, the part about River's Edge, at what point, or I guess was it pre-River's Edge, or when did you join M&A Source, and how many years have you been a member? Yeah, it was after we started as REAG. So, so River's Edge started in 2004. Um, I said I was 26. I knew everything. Just ask me. Right. I mean, typical 26 year old. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. I can do this more, more balls than brains. Right. And just kind of went after it and you start realizing what you don't know, you know, and that if you're not willing to ask questions, if you're not willing to find somebody out there that's been through this already and tap into that knowledge, then you're going to learn every lesson yourself and you're probably going to learn it the hard right. way. You know, and everybody in this business knows that there's a lot of hard lessons out there, right? And yep. and they're expensive lessons, you know, and, and it's interesting because I, I used to tell, I taught as an adjunct uh, professor for a while, I taught entrepreneurial finance, and I used to tell the kids like, hey, I don't care if you listen to me or not, right? It's entirely up to you, but here's what I'm going to tell you. You're either going to learn it from me or you're going to learn it out there on your own. But either way, you're going to learn right. this stuff, right? And it's a lot cheaper to listen to me than it is to go out there and learn it on your own. So, you know, I think everybody kind of in their progression gets tired of learning lessons the hard way, right? you know, gets a little bit smarter and says, hey, I got to find some folks that I can talk to that, you know, can be that wisdom for me. You know, and that's ultimately, I think, when we started getting involved with M&A Source, and it took a little bit of time, um, you know, to get there in our heads and, and understand that. But, um, you know, how we got started, why we got started was really just kind of curiosity, you know, looking for a place that we fit. There's a bunch of industry associations out there. Um, you start doing your research just like anybody else, Googling, you go try one, um, you try a different one, you try to figure out based on the clientele that I serve, based on, you know, who we are as a shop, what's the best spot for us? Um, and I think everybody knows the, the quality of the education in M&A Source. And, you know, when you're a small shop, um, you know, it's a great place to go learn stuff, meet people, um, you know, talk about deals. And, and there's just a tremendous amount of value in the people. And, you know, I think when you're around like-minded people, when you're around people that 
um, are in a similar business to you, maybe serving a different segment of the market or on a different side of the table, um, the more and more you can build those relationships with those folks. And, and I mean, you know this, you and I have a, have a good relationship. We've gone back a, a number of years now. But that ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, Lamar, like, I just bumped into this. And I'm trying to think through this one. I know you've done a couple of deals in this space. How did you guys think through it? Like, what was interesting to you? What makes that interesting? What makes it not interesting? Right. And having that as a resource. And to me, that's just invaluable being a small shop and not having all the doors down the hall that you can walk down the hall and knock on and ask questions just to have have that community is is huge to me and, and to our business. Yeah. Well, that's it's funny you mentioned that. I've, I've well, first I've got a long list of questions here, and I do want to mention to our audience: if you have questions that you want to pitch to Scott, uh, please put them in the in the chat room, and we'll we'll monitor that and and, and follow up with those at the end. But uh, you touched on one of my next questions, which was: what do you consider to be the primary benefit of your membership? Um, and it sounds like, based on what you just said, that changed over time. Is, is that accurate, kind of from education to the networking piece? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, it's, it's, I think as we all kind of evolve as, you know, human beings, as people, right, as businesses, as practitioners, you know, our needs change. What we value changes, right? So, you know, I think, in, you know, initially you're kind of coming in and you're trying to gather as much information as you can, learn as much as you can, and then, you know, you're really just trying to build your confidence up. And that's kind of how I view it in a nutshell is, you know, we're all here as part of M&A Source because we want to make more money. I mean, that in my head, that's where I've gotten to. Why Why are you a member of the association? I want to make more money. Well, how am I going to make more money? Well, I'm going to deal business. So I need to do more deals. If I do more deals, I make more money. Okay, well, how am I going to do more deals? Well, I have to have more education. I have to have more resources. I got to be in front of not just people, but the right people the people that can help me get more deals done, right? And so as you kind of, depending upon where you're at in your own progression personally, where your business is at in this progression, you know, those needs are going to are gonna change, you know? But I think that's the beauty of M&A sources, regardless of where you are in that progression. I think one of the things that we've always tried to do as a leadership group is make sure that there's a place for you at M&A source, right? If, it's, if education is what you need, that's here. If the deal market is what you need, that's here. You know, if it's access to additional resources, uh, member benefits, people, that's here. You know, so that I, I think M&A Source does a very, very good job of that uh, versus just being a one-trick pony. Right. Completely agree. Um, and bearing that in mind, um, all the diversity of kind of resources and benefits and networking opportunities that M&A Source provides, I want you to put on your your new chairman hat a little bit and and talk a little bit about kind of where you've seen M&A source come from in the past few years. And then let's talk also a little bit about things that you're excited about going forward. And I have some specific questions around that, but let's just talk about getting to hear anything that you're, you've seen over the past couple of years that you're excited to, to build on. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. I'm, and, and first off, I mean, great. Jeff did a great job last year, right? And, I, and anybody that attended the conference in San Diego and kind of, you know, had a chance to hear the words that I, I 
said about Jeff. I mean, I meant those, and I, I put some, I spent some time putting those together. I mean, he did a phenomenal job last year, and, and you know, I, I remember always sitting at those conferences and hearing people talk about, um, you know, the person making their outro, you know, and and everybody kind of says the same thing is like, you know, the stuff that you set out to do, your goals and initiatives, they don't happen in one year. Like, well, one year is it seems crazy to say, but it's such a small cut, you know. So it's like when I think back about you know, the years that I've spent on leadership and the years I've spent at M&A Source, it's, it's all started with an idea, right? Somebody coming up with an idea. We should do this. We should try this. You try it. You implement it. You refine it. You improve it. And then here you are all these years later, and, and so much has really changed and gotten better. And I think who we are as an association, I mean, listen, we've been through three management companies in my time um, on leadership. And I think we've got we're in a great situation now. We've got the best one that we've had, in my opinion, right? And that decision to make that change is a huge decision. It's a heavy lift, right, to convert everything over, do all type of stuff. And we went through all that last year. Um, and I think, you know, so far we're reaping the benefits of that. That was a big deal. Um, you know, we put together a – we sat down at the beginning of last year and we did a strategy session about what do we want to accomplish, what do we want to do, what are our one-year goals, what are our five-year goals. And we said, hey, start chipping these things off and, and working towards them. And we made a lot of progress last year towards that. I mean, I think, um, you know, the website's up, which, you know, everybody hopefully has seen. You know, that's the third website also that I've seen in my time in leadership. And I can tell you, um, you know, I was a part of the second one pretty heavily. And that's a ton of work. Right? That takes a lot of people. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of, um, a lot of time. A lot of opinions, right, too. I mean, you're trying to keep an association happy, which is comprised of a lot of people. So it, those are not easy things to accomplish. Um, you know, those are kind of long-term objectives. And I think, you know, we've done all of those things. Um, I think we grew like 30% last year in terms of membership, in terms of number of people. You know, so we're growing. Um, you know, end of last year, I have us at, what, 663 members so 660 plus members um i don't i'm not certain about this don't quote me on this one but i don't remember a time that we were we were larger than that i think we may be as big as we've ever been at this point in time um and we want to build on that i mean i know our long-term goal that we put together was to be at a thousand members um five years from when we did the plan last year right and and we want to be balanced right we want to be um you know, folks that are learning the game, folks that are advanced in the game and been in the game and folks that are on the, the investor side or the buyer side. And, and our goal is to be a third and third and third. And like I said at the very beginning, we're not a one trick pony. We've got something for everybody, depending upon where you are in your career and, and you are in your progression. So um, I want to continue to follow that plan that we put together. And I want to make sure that we're communicating everything with our membership this year. Um you know, maybe a little bit better than we communicated in the past. So I think that's going to be a big initiative for me is really just communication, making sure that we're, we're talking uh, to membership, letting them know what leadership's working on, what our initiatives are, um, just so folks are in the know. I think the other thing we need to do is, you know, we need to make sure the community at large, the M&A community understands that we're here, what we do, um, and, and why we're important to the larger community. You know, I think for a long time, maybe some of our branding 
wasn't on point. You know, we had we had to take some time and get our, our brand right. We had to understand our messaging um, and we had to get our distribution channels right, meaning the website and things like that. And I think we're presenting ourselves very professionally right now. We've got a lot of that stuff together. And now it's time to make more of a push in terms of the larger community um, in terms of letting everybody know, you know, who we are and what we're about and hopefully continuing to to grow the association. Great. Well, you've touched on a lot there, um, taking a couple notes as you were talking. But one, the communication with the members, I know that I've heard that feedback as well, is that, you know, we're all busy and we all, um, you know, for people have had to be proactive, I think, in the past about, you know, trying to see what the association is up to and um, and kind of how best to volunteer or serve or benefit from the resources any thoughts on how you're going to communicate that or what we've done great in the past that you want to build on and do more of? Or, or can you talk a little bit about communicating the goings-on of M&A Source with the membership? Yeah, sure. And, I mean, I'll give you one example. Um, well, I'll give you two examples. How about that? I'll add one. So, I, you know, from a new member standpoint, one of the things that, that you know, the, um, the association is doing now when a new member joins is there's going to be a series of, correspondence i believe it's going to be emails right they're going to roll out you know maybe one a week or i'm not sure exactly what the cadence is and i'm sure you know kyleen can add some color to that if anyone's anyone's curious but we're going to basically give them i don't want to say like spoon feed them or handhold but make them feel like hey you're new here we recognize the fact that you're new here's what you need to do to get the most out of your membership um, and just kind of step them through an integration process if you will into the association you know, we um, I think I'm going to do a monthly we're going to start off doing it monthly. And then depending upon how well it goes or it doesn't go, um, try to do you know, a webinar like this or some type of, of you know, correspondence where we can share with membership what's happening, what's being discussed at a leadership level. What are the things that we're thinking about? Um, what are we working on? Um, you know, hopefully get that communication back uh, from the membership as well. Um, I want to make sure that we understand our membership better. Um, you know, a lot of the decisions that we're making on leadership, we're making under the assumption that that's what people want, right? And what we think, what we think they want based on who we think they are. I think the more we can, more data we can get from our members and understand who they are and what they want, the more we can really kind of cater our offerings, you know, to our members, um, the more value that we can add. So, I think it really kind of starts there. And, you know, some of those things, you know, sound like small things, but, you know, the devil's always in the details, right, in terms of, you know, getting things moving and continuing to move them forward. Yeah. Those make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and maybe those are addressed my next question a little bit, but is there any advice that you would have for someone who's considering becoming a member of M&A Source to get the most out of M&A source or how to get more involved if you're a relatively new member? Yeah, I think for, first and foremost, my quick answer to that is is attend the conferences, right? Attend the in-person events. I mean, I, I mentioned that earlier in terms of the value and the people. And, you know, it's it's not just about um, the sessions that you're sitting in, the information that's shared in the sessions. It's not, not necessarily about the information that's shared at the deal market. It's about the information that's shared over a beer. It's the information that's shared over dinner, right? It's the, it's the development of the relationship where you, you're building resources for yourself that you can tap into once you go home. 
you know, you have somebody that you can reach out to and call about a specific initiative. And to me, that's grossly important. But if you don't go to those conferences, you don't engage with people, you don't make friends, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all do business with people we like, right? I mean, and so find the people that you like, hang out with the people you like and get along with and, and, you know, leverage them in your business. They're people by nature, again, own personal philosophy, own opinion. But I, I found over the years that people by nature want to be helpful. They want to find a way to be helpful. It's human nature, I think. But you have to tell them how they can be helpful. And if you don't have enough resources or enough confidence or enough relationships to be able to reach out to somebody and tell them what you need and how they can help you, they're not going to reach out to you and and ask you what your problems are. You know, I mean, you have to say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. And most people, if they can't solve the problem or can't help you, they'll say, hey, you know what? I'm not the right person for that. But if you call this person over here, tell them you're a friend of mine, they'll, they can get you there. And I think that all starts with just spending time with human beings. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like we've all become a little too reliant on Zooms and phone calls in the past two or three years. And, uh, and I, I'm reminded every time we beginning last year and this most recent, um, every time I attend conferences, I'm reminded of how important those face to face human interactions are. Well, you know, and you know what struck um, me, Lamar, is is when mm-hmm. I kind of was trying to pull some thoughts together for today. Um, last year was the first year we were really back at two full conferences for a year as M and A Source, and maybe it's just me, but it, I mean, it did. It feels like it's COVID's a lot further off than that, and I guess it really isn't. You know, we're not that far removed from you know everything that we did was was virtual for for a couple of years there. Yeah. No, and it's taken us this long to realize <clears throat> the the negative impacts of being so virtual. I think I think a lot of business publications and newspaper articles are now talking about the benefits of you know being in person and being in the office and those types of things. And we're we're almost coming full circle. All right, um, on a personal side now, switching from M and A source to more just Scott the person. Do you have any books, and and maybe this is work-related, by the way, but do you have any books that you've read recently that you would recommend to people or a book that you frequently recommend to people in industry, um, related or not, to our industry? Yeah. um, I'll tell you what, I I tend to read a certain style of book um, pretty regularly. You know, like I either read business books, something about, something business related or about people um so kind of a theme i guess going here but you know i like to read about you know the andrew carnegie's of the world the rockefellers the jp morgans like i find that very interesting in terms of you know how those great industrialists for example built their business and how wall street was built and uh whether that's you know watching documentaries on tv or reading books i i really dig that stuff i think it's a super super neat super interesting but um you know so i would say you know, I, I've read a really good book about Rockefeller, a really good one about Carnegie. Um, you know, they point to things like, you know, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. So obviously you 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 go and you read that because you're curious about that. That thing's been around forever, but it's still still a great read. Um, you know, I, I, I read a book uh, just because of the industry that we're in. Uh, it's Stephen Schwarzman. I don't know, from uh, Blackstone. Uh, he had mm-hmm. written a book about how he built it. 
And, you know, that was a really cool read, something I've read recently. So like, that's the general theme of, of stuff that I, I kind of get into. Yeah. And then any rules or mantras that you live by? Uh, <laughs> good question. I don't know. Like I, I feel like, uh, I never thought about this before, but I, I have a lot of cliches, you know, I think that I, and I, I think you realize this when you have kids, you know, like you find yourself firing cliches at your kid. And um, I don't know. I think I have grown up in Pittsburgh. You know, I live in Cleveland now, kind of that blue collar mentality. I think I, I don't have a lot of that in me. And, and I, I realized that um, my kids, some of my kids play hockey. Right. And, and so I think you find out a lot about yourself by watching your kids and the things that they say and do, because they're really a reflection of us, right? Like we're such a big part of their world that they say some stuff and you look at them and you go, eh, you got that for, got that good, <laughs> bad, good or bad. You got that from me. Right. And so, uh, right. you just got me thinking here. So my, my son went to a hockey camp and they ask, they ask all the kids, you know, why are we here? And my son fired his hand up right away. He had this one, you know, and they called on him and he's like to work hard. And uh, they were like, no, son, it's to have fun. You know, we're here to have fun. <laughs> and, my, and my son was like, oh, like, it's, it's not why I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so he said that. And I was like, man, like, that's my fault. Like, I know I always tell him, you know, I only have a couple rules. Go have fun. Listen to your coach and work hard, you know. But, like, I'm not paying for the stuff for you to, you know, go work hard at what you want to do, you know. And so I, that's probably one of one of my mantras, right, is just just you got to be willing to do the stuff that other people aren't willing to do if you want to go places that they haven't, you know. So it starts with starts with hard work. Yeah, it's great advice. And then is there anything not necessarily M&A related about you personally that others might not know? Probably a lot, Lamar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. We were always taught not to air our dirty laundry. What are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> on the internet, uh, right? Things that people don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, now that I'm, you know, 45 and starting to fall apart, I can probably say, you know, I, I, I played Division three college football uh, back in the day. I don't think a lot of people really know that. It probably speaks to kind of my mindset of, you know, the hard work and the attitude and the heart, you know, guys that played division three ball aren't the best athletes in the world, right? They're not the biggest, the fastest and the strongest. Um, they're guys that play with a lot of heart and they love what they do. And, and I think that bleeds through business wise for me. And it's probably kind of where it comes from, you know, find your passion and go all in. Um, so yeah, I think that would probably be it, you know, just, just having played a lot of ball growing up and, uh, something I really enjoy. Yeah. Well, I will point out one thing that always jumps out. I think about whenever I think of you is that um, you're a saint for taking on this role because some people might not know that you have five kids and not a whole lot of time. So we're very appreciative uh, that, you know, on top of your day job, you're, you're taking on this role. So thank you for that. And I'm not seeing any questions now. So I think this is a, is a decent time to wrap it up, but I know that everyone here uh, through the mailings and whatnot know how to find you. Um, so if you have complaints about M&A Source, be sure to direct those in chat. Uh, <laughs> well played, well played. Yeah, but uh, thank you for joining us. 
And well, well, as on, I always tell on, people, hold on, we actually do have questions. Oh, oh sorry. You guys Great. don't. So if everybody can sit tight, we do have some questions. We're not going to let Scott off that easy. No. I was going to say, <laughs> well, you know, Kylene, it's Thursday. And by rule, I only take easy questions on Thursday. So make sure you <laughs> filter those to the easy ones. I'll pick the softballs. I'll go over yep. for them. All right. Um, so we had a question come in about um, what are some plans for education or will there be more things online? Yeah, so the quick answer to that is yes. It's a great question. I mean, that was something that um, was started by leadership actually years ago, kind of the thought process of how we're going to do that, uh, how we're going to get to that point. So I, we've made a lot of strides there. And timing-wise, I think, Kylene, I think it's safe to say out loud that we should start to be able to roll these courses out next year online or this current year because we can't say next year anymore since it's what the date is but yeah we're january 12th right um do you have a sense of timing for that kyleen or do we just how open-ended do we want to leave that yeah well i i'll share what we know for certain right now which is the content for a very significant online on-demand education program um has been developed um it's just going through some tweaking right now we're looking at a 21-module series called M&A Foundations to help that aspiring advisor um, get into the lower middle market and achieve success quicker. So that's going to be our first move. Um, I think we're looking at mid-year that that whole 21-module program is going to come out. And then um, I do know in the meantime, our education committee, led by Tanya Gilreath, who's fantastic, they're planning some virtual course offerings. Um, in addition to the awesome courses that they're lining up at both conferences. So we, we are planning to diversify those delivery channels this year. And then following that will be even more online on-demand courses as well. Yeah, and so just to build on that a little bit, the, the theory behind the foundational courses that Kylene's mentioning is, you know, we all kind of thought about our experiences when we joined M&A Source and how we got our designations and kind of the, the, our path you know, from from starting out to today. And, you know, really, we were all just kind of picking and choosing through the education pieces of what we should grab, what we should not grab, you know, what we wanted. And so we thought, you know, as a group collectively, if we could lay out a very clear path for somebody new to the association to say, hey, here's what you start with. Here's what you have to get. Once you digest this, you move on to this, you move on to this. And then you have a baseline knowledge where you can start to add some of these other things, which are really complementary to that core knowledge base. And so those foundation foundational courses that are going to be online that Kylene's speaking about are really that core knowledge base that we want folks to have to, as they get started. And then we've had somebody ask, um, when will registration be, be opening for the conference? I, that, that's an easy one. I can take that one. So you're going to see that come out um, no later than March 1st, uh, probably even a little bit earlier. And again, if you're, if you got your calendars, let's mark them right now. We're talking about the spring conference, which will be, May 22nd through the 24th. Um, there's going to be a day for courses. Um, and there's going to be two days of conference. And then um, at the same time, if you got that calendar out, why don't you mark down our, our fall dates in Charlotte too, and that's going to be October uh, 15th through 18th. But um, on or before March 1st, registration will open for the spring conference. We've had a question come in about, um, are there any new benefits being looked at for members? Yeah, great question. So there are new benefits being looked at. Um, one that we should have, one new one that we should have rolled out here um, 
is it this quarter? We're going to say with this quarter or how this quarter is safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that should be a benefit kind of around um, SEO and digital marketing um, that will be available to to members. Um, so that that one's coming a near term, we'll call it. And we're looking at some other ones a little bit longer term. Uh, but we're trying to kind of work out uh, a few things with some of those. So I don't really want to get too far into those at this point for fear that uh, I set bad expectations and we, we aren't able to, to get across the goal line with those. But uh, member benefits is one of the things that we're constantly looking at, trying to add value to our members, additional value. Um, so if there are things that you guys want or need or think that we should be collectively as an association, um, assisting with in terms of what the costs are and, and if there's a way we can collectively all leverage the fact that we're a community here, let us know what those things are because I think that's always something that we're curious about and we want to be helpful with. So um, please feel free to, to submit those to us. And we have to give a, a shout out really to Russell Cohen and, um, and, and a bunch Absolutely. of other people that participate with Russell, but he's been doing a great job of adding to those member benefits, which now if you were to use everything offered by the M&A source with your membership has an annual, you know, savings yeah. of about $7,000. Which is meaningful. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, okay. Those are all the questions that I've seen come in. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I lied. There's one more. Yeah. Um, is M&A Source going to provide more information on the recent passage of the M&A broker exemption law? Yeah, do you yes. have a question on that, Scott? Yeah, that's, that's something that we've been talking about a lot here right now. And, yes, we have a webinar lined up already. Uh, we've had a glut of communication that we've had to push out to members, so we've been a little bit slow in pushing out the communication on the webinar, but it, it's forthcoming, and the webinar is lined up. The date on that, Kylene, do you happen to have that in front of you? Yeah, that's next Tuesday. So there's a reminder email. Uh, if you are a member um, or in our database, uh, hopefully you are if you're here, you're going to be getting a reminder this afternoon. It's up on the website, but that's going to be next Tuesday. We're going to have Mike Ertle and then also Shane Hansen, um, who is with the law firm that has been working with the okay. Business and Immediate Education Foundation for years and years, lobbying to get this passed. Both of those two gentlemen will be on that webinar. Yeah, important important information, and we're really looking forward to that next week. All right, guys. Now I think no we more? have Great. Well, thanks, everybody, uh, and thanks for the questions. Those are really good. And, um, and Scott, thank you again for your service and for your time today. And if anybody, again, has any more questions or just wants to dive in on M&A Source, please visit our new and improved website, masource.org. Um, and please keep on the lookout for more webinars like this. Thank you for joining us for the M&A Source podcast. If you would like to learn more about M&A Source or would like to join, please visit M&A Source's website, www.masource.org, where you can find a wealth of information to include information about M&A Source's biannual conferences. Thanks again for joining, and if you enjoyed the show, we hope that you'll go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Join us next time for another edition of the M&A Source Podcast.